Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Maryland's Most Notorious Murders, where the most gruesome, the most grisly, the most spine-tingling, high-profile homicide cases in Maryland are examined and profiled. This season, season two, teen killers are discussed and profiled. On this episode, teenage murderer Prince Green is profiled and the unsolved homicide of Asia Brockington is examined. Sometimes it's not always the parents. You can lecture, you can set the right example, you can have a two-parent household, you can show your kids the right way, you can discipline them the right way, you can pray for them, you can leave it in God's hands and all of that. And some kids are just flat out, uh, just flat out, they hard-headed. And they determine that they're going to do what they're going to do. Forget the consequences. And some kids, they just have to learn the hard way. Let's examine the case of 15-year-old Prince Green. With a birth name like Prince, it's a shame he couldn't live up to its meaning. By all accounts, it seemed as though his upbringing was good at least. He did start out with dreams and goals. According to an article in the Baltimore Sun, at 12 years old, the boy wrote in an award-winning proposal for needed money for a small grant to help fund programs for teens and youths in his neighborhood of Waverly. In the sixth grade, he made an appearance on a local TV show called School Court, where he played an attorney. During press interviews for the show, the sixth grader told reporters for the Baltimore Sun that since he wanted to become a district attorney one day, that the show and the character was good practice for him. As he moved on to City College High School, he became a standout member on their debate team. While he struggled to keep focused, his mother did her part in the community by attending meetings and speaking on ways to get funding and money for various programs for teens and kids in the Waverly neighborhood. She was well known in her community for her local activism and was quoted to have said at a meeting, every community meeting that we have, I'm talking about the youth. With God as my witness, I said you're going to wait until somebody gets killed and have a community center in his name. Let's not wait. We have to do something for these kids. Yeah, if I could go back and eat my words was a person because on the afternoon of January 9th, 2016, her son, 15-year-old Prince, would become one of those teens that just didn't have nothing to do. He became one of those kids that we just have to do something for. On this frigid, bitter, cold Saturday night, just before 9 p.m., 29-year-old Robert Ponzi 
had just completed his shift as a waiter at the James Joyce Pub Inn in Harbor East in downtown Baltimore and was riding his bike home through the streets of Baltimore City. Prince and two of his friends, a 16-year-old male and a 17-year-old male, were all out running the streets, basically looking for something or somebody to rob. How this dude went from wanting to be an attorney and battling opponents on the debate team to hanging out with dudes who were robbing people is a question only Prince can answer. I mean, for guys, is the peer pressure really, really that deep? Anyway, as Robert rode his bike through Green Mountain 33rd Avenue in East Baltimore, he crossed the path of Prince and his friends. Witnesses later told the police that the teens approached Robert and surrounded him. Robert got off his bike and started swinging it around in an unsuccessful attempt to fight off the teenagers. Instead, Robert was punched, knocked to the ground, kicked, and stomped. Then suddenly, Prince pulled out a kitchen knife and plunged it into Robert's body a total of 11 times and slashed and cut him another 6 times. Get his wallet, get his wallet, the teens reportedly said, according to a witness. After they robbed the man of his wallet and cell phone and his bike, they all ran off. Right after stabbing the man, Prince did manage to make his strict 9.30 curfew and get home in time to enjoy his slice of pizza that his mother had ordered for him. Just like nothing happened. While Robert lay dying in the street, a witness called 911. When paramedics responded, Robert was rushed to John Hopkins Hospital, where unfortunately he succumbed to his numerous stab wounds and was pronounced dead at 3.51 a.m. Robert, known as Robbie to his close-knit family, had been raised by his grandparents in Leesburg, Florida, where he was from. According to his grandfather, Robert was the second oldest of six children and was a very strong-willed athletic man who had dreams of joining the American Corps or the Peace Corps. Later, he was a significant leader in the Young Marines, which is a national youth program that focuses on leadership citizenship through volunteer community service. The program also has a huge focus on self-discipline and how to live a healthy, drug-free lifestyle and is geared towards kids aged 8 all the way up to high school. Robert was selected as one out of nine out of 16,000 young Marine candidates for a two-week survival training course program that was held in Canada. According to Robert's grandfather, Robert had an almost genius IQ, but he didn't brag about his intelligence and uniqueness. Instead, he chose to focus on helping other people. He was always willing to help people, a natural-born leader. He had strong feelings of empathy for other people and the problems and issues they were having in their lives, his grandfather told reporters. Robert's manager at his job also told reporters that he was very strong-willed, he was very funny, and he was genuinely a very good person. After Robert was stabbed, witnesses told the police the direction of where they had seen the teens run off. 
Two of the teens who had ran off with his bike ended up calling the police on themselves because somehow one of them had gotten accidentally stabbed in the calf. And this occurred while Prince was stabbing Robert. After telling the police that they were victims themselves, they ended up calling the police and going to the hospital. Shortly after all of this information, the cops found Prince in the 600 block of East 37th Street, and he was charged as an adult and arrested for murdering Robert. When Prince's mother heard that another murder had been and her mother another murder had occurred in her community, in her neighborhood, and it was by done by a group of teens, she promised she would do her diligence and attend the candlelight vigil for the victim. But little did she know that her son would be the one arrested and charged with the murder, as she had no idea he was even charged. It's hard for me to wrap my head around it because he's a kid in the community. It's hard to wrap my head around it, she told reporters after her son was arrested. More than a hundred people came out to the candlelight virgil, right where Robert was killed on Venable Avenue and Old York Road. I feel for Miss Ponzi. I feel for Baltimore, Prince Mother commented to reporters. People and city residents were tired. They were sick and tired of being ran out of their homes and ran out of the city by basically out of control, undisciplined kids. The two teens who ran off with Robert Spike, they were charged as an adult for their role in Robert's murder and robbery, but because Prince came to court, armed with all of his success stories about his days as some well-known debater and because he had a few people speak up for him on his behalf saying he got bullied in school, he got involved with the wrong crowd, blah blah blah, because he had a few people speak up for him, despite this kid admitting to and confessing to stabbing a man 17 times, a judge decided to transfer his case to juvenile court where he knew he would most likely get that little slap on the wrist sentence that juveniles get when they go to Merlin's juvenile justice system. The two other teens were eventually convicted as adults of first degree assault, but they were acquitted of the more serious charge of murder because the judge himself said it was clear that they weren't active participants in some planned murder of a guy riding his bike. His exact words were, it's clear that the juvenile defendant, meaning Prince, was in a homicidal state of mind and no one was expecting a knife was present or that a murder would take place. Now, juvenile records are sealed, meaning the public can't have access to them, but according to Robert's mother, Prince served only two years for stabbing her son 17 times just days before his 30th birthday. The decision to release him so soon out into society enraged her and pissed her off so much and she wanted the courts, you know, she warned the courts that, you know, Prince would most likely hurt somebody else once he got out. I mean, why wouldn't he? He never got punished for killing somebody the first time. She said, I saw a pattern and I didn't believe it would be broken. My frustration is with the inability of the juvenile justice system in its current form to appropriately address the issues with the most, the most serious and violent of these juvenile offenders. That's what she told reporters for the Baltimore Sun. 
Now, lo and behold, she was right to voice her concerns and opinions because on April 24th, 2018, just 90 days after Prince was released from Baby Bookins for serving his little bullshit sentence for stabbing a man 17 times, Prince, now 17 himself, was caught on MTA surveillance camera as part of about six other teens who cornered a man and beat him at the Mondawmin Metro substation in West Baltimore. After they beat and robbed the man, they jumped on a, on a subway train heading back uptown, but MTA police caught them right at the next stop, West Coast Ring, and the MTA police were able to link a black backpack that was found on the train to Prince, and inside the backpack was a loaded handgun. This time, Prince was arrested, held without bail, and charged as an adult with second-degree assault and related handgun charges. Now, Prince's mother, she made a comment to reporters that she wants to see her son to get a fair trial, and she worried that he was already being judged by the public before the real facts of the case came out. People are trying him in on the street. They don't even know the situation. Regardless of who knew what, you know, Prince did plead guilty to his charges, and this time he did receive a 10-year prison sentence, but almost all of it was suspended, and he was released into society again. You would think that some people would learn. You would think that when you have been given chance after chance or slap on the wrist punishments for grown up big boy crimes, what what are these so-called kids supposed to do but keep on screwing up? So on October the 1st, 2020, Prince was arrested again. This time he was charged with armed carjacking, assault, car theft, and robbery, among other various related charges. Now, his trial for these charges, these newly acquired charges, isn't scheduled to begin until, I believe, February 2022 for that crime, but we'll see what happens. You know, maybe Robert's mother, she had the right idea when she said, I really feel that if there is a violent crime of this nature, that maybe, just maybe, we need to consider prosecuting the parents who are legally, legally responsible for their youth at a minimum civilly. I would like to see it. I haven't proceeded with that, but I'd like to throw that on the table for discussion. I would like to get other people's ideas. Now, this crime was notorious in Maryland strictly because you know, people are beaten and robbed in Maryland. I can't say on a daily basis, but it, it happens a lot. But this was notorious because the chances that this dude, this this kid had, he only got two years for stabbing somebody 17 times. I mean, come on. You knew exactly what you were doing. How in the world is that a juvenile crime? That's beyond me. But, um... That is a homicidal mindset at 15 years old. You know, like the teens that he were with, they did rob him and beat him or whatever, but I think they weren't, I think they were surprised when he pulled out a knife and to plunge it into him 17 times. I mean, come on. And who cares about, you know, what he did in school 
or what he did on the debate team and his excuse was he got in with the wrong crowd or whatever blah 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 um you stabbed the man 17 times and for a bike and a cell phone you know to me that's a homicidal maniac and he should have got first of all that's that's issue number one he should have got way longer than two years he should have been charged as an adult you know i feel for his mother a little um it seems as though she tried i feel for both mothers i feel for the victim's mother and also for um you know prince's mother it seemed like she was trying her best to get him on the right track and for him to get caught up like they said you know with the wrong crowd the influence must have been heavy you know to address what uh prince's i mean what uh robert's mother said what the victim's mother said as far as holding parents accountable that's not a bad idea especially at the minimum like she said civilly you know i wonder if that would deter um teens from committing crimes if they knew that their parents would be charged criminally or civilly um he obviously does not have a problem uh with jail or prison maybe because he hasn't done a lengthy sentence yet but um you just can't always blame a person's actions on being part of the wrong crowd or getting uh sucked into peer pressure uh, at some point, you do have to grow up, you know, but to stab a man 17 times and to receive a sentence of only two years, wow, that was just appalling when I heard it. It was almost like she said, you know, what would you expect to happen? You released a homicidal maniac out on the street after two years, regardless of what his age, what, age is. That was just appalling to me. And that's why that was a notorious murder committed in Maryland. This episode's unsolved homicide is the shooting death of 26-year-old Asia Brockington. Imagine one minute you're planning the wedding of your dreams with your fiancé, and the next minute you're fighting for your life. On Tuesday night, April 26, 2016, Shortly after 9 p.m., 26-year-old Asia Brockington and her 24-year-old fiance were taking out some trash in the back of in the back alley of their home in the 3200 block of East Baltimore Street in Southeast Baltimore near Patterson Park. Suddenly, a guy dressed in all black with with a dressed in all black pulled out a with a hat pulled all the way down to his face walked up up the alley and said don't move panicked no doubt both Asia and her fiance took off running anyway towards their kitchen back door five shots rang out and Asia was hit in the back Asia managed to crawl to the kitchen floor where she collapsed in her mother's arms she was laying on the kitchen floor. She wasn't moving. She wasn't breathing. Why was all I could say. All I could do was holler. We can't sleep. We can't eat. She was the love of our life. She didn't bother anybody. Didn't get in any trouble. The only thing she wanted to do was have a beautiful wedding. 
Now we are making funeral arrangements, her mother commented to reporters. After Asia was shot, 911 was called, and she was rushed to a local hospital, but pronounced dead shortly after. The 79th, 79th homicide in Baltimore City that year, and it was only mid-April, Asia's mother completely, Asia's murder completely devastated her family. The mother of a two-year-old daughter, Asia, who had been with her fiance for 14 years, was planning the wedding of her dreams. Her daughter was supposed to be the flower girl. I just wanted to show my daughter that young black men and women can get along and get married. He shot her. He shot her. I saw him take her last breath. The merchant marine commented for the Baltimore Sun. Extremely excited about her wedding, Asia worked at Crystal's Brighting in Southeast Baltimore and her wedding was planned for June, just a couple weeks away. She plans to have her reception at Freedom Hall in Northeast Baltimore. She always liked to dance. She loved to dance and she just loved her family and her fiance. Her grandmother commented to reporters, turn yourself in. You think you're getting away with it? You're not getting away with it because somebody is going to answer our prayers. My baby is innocent. She doesn't go out. She doesn't party. She just focuses on her family. They were to get married June 24th and now I have to bury my baby. The person had on all black, a hat pulled all the way down and had a hood on his head pulled all the way down, closed. All you could see was his eyes. He pushed her towards the back door and told her to run and she got in the house and collapsed in the kitchen. When I got to her, she was gasping for air. So I rolled her on the side and held her and I tried to tell her to fight. I don't know what we're going to do, but we have to stop people from killing each other. This is what her mother commented to reporters for the Baltimore Sun. Honestly, people, Here's another one that needs to be solved. Should have been solved a long time ago. Somebody took a mother from a two-year-old and this woman died in her mother's arms. Please people, let's get this one solved. I mean, imagine if this was your sister. Imagine if this was your mother. Imagine if this was your wife. If you have any information at all that will lead to an arrest or a conviction, please call Homicide Detectives at 410-396-2100 or 1-866-7-LOCKUP. You can also submit a tip online at www.metrocrimestoppers.org. You can even text them at MCS plus whatever tip you want to provide to crimes C-R-I-M-E-S or 27467. You can remain anonymous, y'all. I mean, once again, those numbers are 410-396-2100 or 1-866-7-LOCKUP. You can submit a tip online at www.metrocrimestoppers.org or you can text them at MCS plus whatever tip you want to provide to C-R-I-M-E-S 
Crimes or 274637. You can remain anonymous. I mean, somebody has to know something. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast for updates on new and upcoming episodes. Also, please be sure to check out all of the books related to this podcast entitled Maryland's Most Notorious Murders, 1990-2000-2009 to and Maryland's Unsolved Homicides, Volume 1. Both of these books, as well as all of my other true crime real-life related books, are available on Amazon.com. Be sure to tune in next week where another gruesome high-profile homicide in Maryland will be profiled and examined on Maryland's Most Notorious Murders. This has been a real-life production. Thank you.